You're listening to the Silver Lined Relaunch, and I'm your host, Hilary DeCesar, award-winning entrepreneur and transitional coach. Each week, I'll invite you to tune into inspirational stories, revealing how you too can turn ordinary experiences into the extraordinary. Feeling stuck? I'll share step-by-step strategies to fuel your ability to experience a life where silver linings are both abundant and possible. Hey there, and welcome to the Silver Lined Relaunch. And what a show we have planned for you. Today, I am so excited. I have my guest on, Angela Nicole, and she has quite the relaunch to tell you all about. This is going to be one that's going to pull out your heartstrings, but also kind of take you to that higher level of, yeah, you know what? Possibilities of relaunching and what those silver linings can be are truly as big as you want them to be. So welcome, Angela. It's so great to have you here. And I so appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much. I'm actually, I'm really excited to be here. Well, it's just so fun because when we had our call, we always do, you know, a a preliminary call just to make sure that, yeah, you know, this is what I (laughs) want to discuss. And your story is just one that, I mean, even as I think about it right now, you know, my eyes well up and I would love if you would, for those that don't know you, don't know your journey, don't know the relaunch, if you would, you know, start at the beginning and kind of walk us through it. And that would be, that would be great. Yeah. Well, um, I was in a head-on collision and um, I was traveling on a highway that was on a five mile long bridge. So it's just two cars coming at each other, no shoulder. Um, and a gentleman was passing in a no passing zone and we hit driver to driver. So the recreation of the accident um, had me doing about 10 miles an hour. I was slamming on my brakes and had him doing about 70. So it was just like a, oh my God. hitting a brick wall. Um, it was Definitely by far one of the most traumatic experiences. I do not remember the accident at all. I think, you know, brain power. Of do you remember, do out. you remember the beginning of, do you remember seeing his lights coming at you or do you remember, I don't. or have you blocked the whole thing out? The whole thing has been mm-hmm. blocked out and I have attempted or I have thought about trying to regress and maybe go back, but you know what? I think your mind is doing that for a reason. I, I don't think that I'm quite ready yet to to relive that part of it. Um, but yeah, so we, it is interesting. It is interesting that you just said that because, um, in, in all of the, you know, kind of studies that I've done with neuropsychology and your brain does allow you to push things until you're ready. And when you're ready, then you start having kind of little moments where it triggers you, things start to come up, you know, images might just start to pop into your conscious and you're right. You know, when the timing is right for you, you'll, you'll, you'll know, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel. So I toyed with the idea a little bit, but you know, I think when I'm ready, uh, I I will know. (laughs) 
And Angela, um, how, how long ago was this? So this was back in 2002. So I was 22 years old. I'm 40 now. Um, yeah, it's been a long journey. It took me a long time to get to the point to where I could actually even talk about it. Um, how it was, long, how long, how long did that take you? Um, let's see. I started really sharing my story just in small group settings, maybe about six years ago. Oh, wow. So. Yeah. I can only yeah. imagine. I mean, you know, the whole thought of what you're talking about, especially with the bridge and the nearness and, uh, yeah. um, so, so you remember when was the first time that you actually do remember the incident again? Where are you and what's happening? My first memory is being in a hospital bed in a hallway at the first hospital that I went to. Um, I just, and then it goes blank after that. And then I remember being in an ambulance heading to the second hospital. Um, just my injuries were too traumatic for the first one to be able to deal with. And I just remember. And so that was, that was about how long after the accident, your first memory of going from one hospital um, to another? I, I would be totally guessing, but I'm going to say maybe an hour or so after the accident. Um, oh, so pretty, I, I mean, pretty like rapidly, it was like, boom, you were experiencing yeah. at least having some recall there of the memories. Of- A little bit. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I was pronounced dead on scene. So at, at the time of the accident, um, so, and I came back on my own, they were, they were busy working on the driver of the car of the truck that hit me. He was originally, they thought he was the only survivor. He had a passenger in his, in his truck and he was killed instantly. Um, and then, yeah, they were bringing my body bag to my car and the state trooper, he came and saw me in the hospital after. And he said, I was standing there and just shaking my head thinking so young to go. And then I took a breath. He said, I was slumped over the steering wheel and took a breath of my own. And I guess my first words were call my mom. her numbers in my cell phone. Like, I don't, I don't remember that, but. So you're telling me when the state trooper came to the accident, they looked at you, they did that pulse thing. You were not breathing. They were thinking you're, you're gone. And then they went and started to work on the driver. The other person had passed. And then this guy came back and saw that you had started to breathe again. Yeah. With my body bag, my body bag was right there. Yeah. So, I mean, if you look at the pictures of my car, like there's, you would just be like, there's absolutely no way. I was completely crushed from the waist down in a four-door sedan and the whole front of my car was on top of me and I was in the back seat. Like that's how compacted it was. So, I mean, (sighs) they look at that and they're just like, there's no way, there's no way that she survived. So yeah, that and was, then he and then he reminded you that you said, "Call my mom." Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that would have been me. Yeah. I would have said the same. <laughs> Call my mom. All the things I oh. put my mom through. Oh my gosh, I can't believe she is, still loves me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we're in the hospital, and what what's happening? Yeah, so we went to the second hospital, and I believe they had me in ICU. So a lot of it, it's hit and miss for me. I was on some really high, like morphine, some really high painkillers. I was hallucinating. I thought the doctors 
and nurses were trying to kill me. I thought they were pushing my bed out of the window of the top of the hospital. I told my cousin to bring me a gun because I mean, I was losing it. I was completely out of it. Um, but when I came to, I could not, I couldn't move. I basically was in a cast, um, triangle wedge between my legs. I completely shattered my pelvis, my, the left side of my hip, um, my elbow was blown out, my legs broken, my, every bone across my right foot was broken. I mean, I was just a mess. Um, so all I could move was my right arm. I couldn't sit up or anything. Um, I had to go through an 18 hour surgery. I believe this happened maybe the either later on that night or the next day. I'm, I'm not quite sure when the surgery actually happened, mm-hmm. but I do remember them sending my family in and I just found it a little strange that everyone's coming in and they're crying and kind of like telling me they love me. And it was like the doctors had told them basically say your goodbyes. This is going to be a very long <gasps> surgery and we don't think she's going to pull through. So, um, Obviously, I did. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I had to. I had to go through seeing, you know, my family crying and saying that, mm. you know, I love you and we're here and you know all of that. Um, that was really hard. And at that point, I wanted to mm. die. I did not want to live. I was scared that I was, you know, never going to walk again, which is what they had told me that I would never walk again. Oh, everybody listening, you are not going to believe what this girl's (laughs) doing now. (laughs) Well, okay. So you literally are sitting there, you've broken everything. I feel like evil Knievel, you know, you're like the, the, the missus to that, the, the the miss (laughs) Avila Canilla or whatever it is, but (laughs) you, you have at that point though, you're, you're saying, I don't even want to be here. I've got, you know, the, the road ahead, the relaunch, is right. you know beyond yeah. magnitudes. I mean, it's just it right. is. It's it's too much. And so, how does one look deep within themselves and and be able to start the journey? That came a long time later. That really mm-hmm. did. So I had to get through the surgery. They wouldn't let me die. My heart actually stopped again. Um, oh. Or. It, it stopped during the surgery and they kept me alive. Um, when that happened, it's kind of funny because I, I woke up remembering this place that I was in during the surgery. Um, it was just like, if I could move over six inches, if I could just scoot over six inches during the surgery, I knew I wouldn't be in pain anymore. And after realizing and going back, I knew that's probably when my heart stopped. Like I was trying to just move over and get rid of the pain and they were keeping me there. I couldn't, I couldn't move. Um, but I didn't see like the white light or anything like that. It was, oh. it was just peace. It was just peaceful. Um, it was just peaceful, yeah. but you remember peaceful. yourself thinking move six I inches do. over just if you yep. can do and the six weird. inches, then I'm, I can weird. stay here in that space. Yep. Just six inches and everything would be okay. Why six inches? I have no idea. <laughs> it know. is interesting though, that you're remembering yeah. that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and then I went through, I was there in the hospital for 17 days. Um, should have been there way longer, but I went through a little bit of abuse um, with the nurses. So my parents <sighs> took me out and, um, and put, got a hospital bed and put in their living room, which is where I, I did all my own rehab on my own. But that too was a journey 
Um, so when you're talking about abuse in 17 days, what exactly does that mean? Um, so like I was saying, I couldn't move every, every bit of my body was in pain. You couldn't touch the hospital bed without me crying out in pain. Mm. Um, and I was at a charity hospital and, you know, in the South, this happened in new Orleans. It still can be pretty racist. Um, and it was, it was just, they were withholding my medication. They were cranking on, it was like the old crank beds. Like this is how bad the, the hospital was. It's not there anymore. Thank goodness. But it was like the old crank beds and they would just stand there and they would like watch me and just crank the bed as hard as they could. Just watch me crying in pain. Um, oh I was on, I was on, oh. you know, the morphine and the doctors wanted them to wean me off. Well, they took it off. Just, they just cut me off cold turkey and so my body went into withdrawals where you've seen that movie the exorcist where the little girl's like bouncing oh, on the bed yeah like that's yeah. basically what I was doing I had a friend that was there visiting with me and she had to lay on top of me she's screaming for the nurses my bed the hospital bed came off the wall about that much <gasps> and it was just it was such a horrible oh, experience geez. so thank god your your parents are like okay we got to get you out of yes. here and 17 days after, you know, going into the hospital, you left, but it was really still too early. And now you're in the living room, living at your parents' house. Yeah. Uh, are you just like, it's one of those, is this really my life? Like, I yeah. can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about a humbling experience. Being 22, going from super oh. independent you know, working, own house, like lost everything to coming home and having your dad have to pick you up at 22 naked and put you in the bathtub. You know, mm -hmm. it's just such humbling experiences. Mm -hmm. Having people have to do things for you. I hate that. Mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm a doer. I do it myself, you know? So it was a humbling experience mm -hmm. to learn. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it How was long a long, you... long journey. How long were you living in your parents' living room? Um, that was, gosh, I would say maybe six months hmm. for that. It might have been a little bit less. And, and I, I can't remember exactly because they were building a house. So we ended up moving. And I, I stayed with them for a few years till I could get back on my feet. And did they, were they building a house so that you could live with them or? No, they were already, they were still, they were, they were planning to do it. So then you yeah, yeah. move into this house, you end up staying with them for, like you said, a few years. What were those years like? Um, it was, <laughs> it was, I mean, it's great. I needed that. I needed to do that. But it's like I said, it's humbling. It's, you know, I went on this journey of really trying to find myself and find that urge to want to live. I mean, I went through depressions. I contemplated suicide so much. So I actually had a gun to my head. Um, I mean, it was, and in fact, it's that moment that I actually had the gun to my head that woke me up. It really just, I, it touched, I had it, it touched my temple. And as soon as I felt it, something just like came over me and went through my body. It's like, what are you doing? Like, this, isn't, this isn't you. I've always been that person of like, I do 110%. I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to do my best in everything that I do. 
And I really had a reality check with myself of like, I haven't given 110%. I haven't even tried. I've just been sitting here sulking for, you know, I, I think at that point it had only been a couple months. Um, and, and it took so you moment. put that you put the gun to your head and it's been a couple months since the actual accident. Right. And, and there was like this, this switch that went off that now you're yeah. like, uh-uh, no, yeah. you're not yeah. a quitter. You're 110% girl. And now you're, you're, you decided that I'm not doing that. In fact, I'm now going to go to the opposite end of this. How does one even start? Baby steps. It's all about those little goals. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's all about finding the one tiny little piece that can inspire you to just keep pushing forward. Um, For me, it was the thought of what my family would have to go through if I did that. And that was enough for me to push, um, to, to motivate. And then it was a small baby step. Um, I would scoot myself out of my hospital bed, my parents' living room, into my wheelchair. And I sat, I would sit there crying, you know, mm-hmm. thinking like, I just need to stand up. These doctors don't know what they're talking about. I am going to walk again. Like, this isn't an option for me. Like, I have to try everything. And you know, I'm pushing up with my, the only arm I can use because my other arm's still in a cast. And, you know, I'm pushing myself up as hard as I can until finally I could, I stood. Um, but I would have to do it in the middle of the night because my family would freak out. I would think I would hurt myself. I'm going to break. And, you know, not thinking that I have six metal plates in me. Like I'm probably a little bit stronger than I was before. It's the bionic woman, you know, you're, yeah, you're going to be, you're going to be okay. You're not going to break in half because you have all this metal. But, um, so when you, I I have to just, just commend you again, you realize that what would my family do? How would this affect them? You were putting others and their feelings and the emotions that would come with that ahead of yourself. You were like, I, I can't do this because of them. Yeah. What a what yeah. an incredible way to think about getting yourself back into yeah. those tiny steps that you said. I mean, putting putting that thought process out there that you know what I can't do this to them. Right. Mm. Right. And had had they told you specifically, you will never walk again. You are going to be wheelchair bound. Yeah. Yeah, they would say it in a roundabout way. The doctors, I had 17 working on me and um, the doctors were fantastic. I love all of my doctors. Yeah, yeah. so they didn't even put me through any sort of rehab until I was already walking on my own until I had already done the rehab. So you did all of this in the middle of the night. Yeah. This was like, you know, this is really when rehab began for you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, what did your family think when um, so they I'm, saw you like doing this? Like they saw you walk and they're like, what? My family is super emotional. We're, you know, the mm-hmm. Southern from New Orleans, big family. Um, and I, so the, the accident happened at the beginning of November by New Year's Eve. I had all my family there. So I used that opportunity to at midnight, I gathered them around. And I stood up and there were tears and yells and gasps and, you know, all that good stuff. And then once I was able to do that, it was like, okay, there's no stopping me. 
I can do this. I can handle the pain. I can make this work. I'm going to do this. I'm going to prove everyone wrong. And so and how long, how long did it take from when you had the accident to when you were walking? Probably about, I mean, so I stood up for the first time New Year's Eve. From there, I had asked my parents for a walker so I could start walking. So I would say maybe like four months into it. I had a, had a walker. That is incredible. I mean, incredible. Did you, you know, I I don't know for those that don't know, there's stories out there of people that have been in terrible accidents and then mind over matter. They kind of went deep in your, in their body and then they changed things. Did, did you do any of those types of mindset processes or what was your, I know you said tiny steps and you just kept, you know, trying and trying and trying, but what were you doing from like that, that inner size that like trying to go deep within? You know, looking back, I know I did. I just didn't realize it Mm -hmm. while I was in the moment. I was just trying to survive. I was trying to make it work. Um, I would have these like talks in my head, like you have to, you have to do this. There's no other option. Like you have to push yourself to do this. And that mind over matter, you know, looking back and realizing it now, if you want something bad enough, you will get it. It just may not look the way that you have in your mind. Like I didn't expect to be able to walk again well I mean I wanted to walk again but not with like sometimes a limp like you know my ankle will kill me and I'll limp around um so it didn't look exactly how I thought it was gonna look but I'm walking you know so that that is so I mean that is may not look the way you have in your mind but you are like come hell or high water you are going to walk yes yeah and, yes. and I, I think what you're really emphasizing is kind of that law of expectancy, what you expect. And you are so laser focused. Like I am yeah. going to do this. Like there is not, yeah. there wasn't any way around it. Such yeah. conviction. Huh. Yeah. Oh, but don't think that I didn't have my ups and downs of like, what am I doing? Why am I doing hmm. this? I mean, I'm human. You know, we all have those ups and downs and I did fight depression and I did get into um, a bad relationship because I thought that's what I deserved. You know, I did go through all these lessons until finally I learned to love myself and, and then everything changed. Okay. How did you, how did you do that? How did you finally learn to love yourself? Oh gosh. A number of things. Um, therapy. <laughs> therapy is great for that um and you know it's just I am constantly reading I'm constantly trying to learn how to become a better human I think that that's a journey that's just a lifetime you know you're never going to master it there's always things you can work on um so it's a constant it's a constant relaunch for sure right (laughs) just when you think you're like yeah this is so good something happens that kind of throws you into oh I might have been able to handle that better (laughs) yeah 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 so it was just a learning process of just trying to make myself a better human and realizing that wow maybe if I focus on me it's like you know that saying you can't pour for from an empty cup um Mm -hmm. that's kind of what that's kind of what how I took it and about six years ago, I went on this self-love journey of 
finding balance in my life. I felt like I was in a good spot, but there was something missing. And it really was that self-love and the whole balance of, of it all. You know, what is, what is balance to you? Oh, just being well-rounded, you know, like I can be super intense at times, but then also I can be very calm and collected, um, passionate. It's just the balance of, of everything, taking the good with the bad, accepting, you know, where you need to accept. Um, yeah, for me, my, the thing, the key point I was missing was yoga. (laughs) That taught me a lot about myself. (laughs) Yoga does that, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, it does. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it really is. So six years ago, you start to go down this quest of, you know, really trying to fill up your own cup, right? And right. find the balance. And where did that then take you? So like I was saying, it took yoga. It took me to yoga. I went to this... Um, mindful triathlon and so i'm a a crossfit coach i've owned a a facility a box for 12 years um and so super okay everyone has to be like are you kidding me right now we cannot we are not going to just like and i'm a crossfit coach i've been doing that no 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 no. let's just remember this head-on collision recovery was a bitch she man it, you know, you're never going to walk again to yes. Yes. She now is like coaching the elite. And if you could see her, which I highly recommend you go and watch this. <laughs> she is beautiful. She's got this like smoking great body and <laughs> she's literally, yes, she is using every part of her body. It's just a brilliant story. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sitting here. I'm thank like, you. inspiration, girl. All right. So oh, thank you. you. You got into, why did you get into CrossFit in the first place? So I, my ex-husband and I purchased a gym um, and we were at this family reunion and one of his cousins was just, we hadn't seen him in a while and he was like in the best shape. And we're like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Cause he's about 10 years older than my ex. And he said, it's this thing CrossFit, you got to try it. So we went back home and we looked it up and, um, you know, I'm working out at the gym. I had my routine. I would go do my certain days. And then this thing CrossFit comes up and it's like throwing me for a loop. Like, why do I need to, I question everything. I'm like, why do I need to do this? I don't understand. You know, so the more research I did, um, it finally clicked, you know, it's just, it was honestly the best thing for my body. Um, for all the injuries that I have, it's really taught me the functional movements and how to move correctly all over again. Um, so that's something that really inspired me that I use with my clients that I work with is just bringing back to the basics. Um, it's, it is, I mean, most of us move incorrectly. So it's that, that was really great for me to go through with my accident injuries. Mm, It's incredible. So when you start to talk about silver linings Mm -hmm. and, you know, this is one of those. And I I often say, you know, I I do believe that my mom's passing suddenly was, there are silver linings. There are in every story. What would be today? What would you say are the silver linings of being in that head-on collision? 
probably all the people I have inspired to keep pushing forward. That has been the reason that I do these podcasts. It's the reason that I coach. Um, it's I I always say I kind of I feel like I have this super superpower of being able to see what other people cannot see in themselves, and so being able to inspire them that they can push through and keep going. Um, that's really been the silver lining of it because without that, there's no telling where I would have been in my life. I was fast paced you know, living and um, didn't have a care in the world. It definitely, you know, you, you take for granted all the little things. So having all the little things taken away from you, it just kind of opens your eyes to, wow, what is life really meant for? And I feel like for me, it's, it's meant to inspire and to give people hope and, you know, maybe show them a different lens to look through. Mm, so in relaunch and our program, we call it the G zone. We call it your G zone, which is that, you know, great zone, that genius zone. And when I, when I think about your superpower to see what others can't see in themselves, how incredible is that? <laughs> I mean, oh gosh, that is just, you know, yeah, that's inspiring. And you being able to offer that to people mm -hmm. that have the opportunity to work with you. It's, it's really, I mean, you know, listening to your journey, listening to your relaunch, it's, it's inspiring to such a significant level because it, it does make you think, oh my God. And it was just that instant, right. Where you're like, yeah. it just, anything can change at any moment. Yeah. And it, and oh, what, oh, and what you did and wow. So, so at this point, what are you working on? What are you like? What, what's your focus? I know you're doing the crossover. What, what, how can yeah. people like literally hear more, see more of you? <laughs> well, I am actually in the beginning of a relaunch, just gathering ideas. Um, COVID kind of put a, a stop to a lot of the stuff I was doing. So I have since closed my, my gym. I have moved. Um, I've divorced. <laughs> I am completely in a brand. Okay, new so phase. everyone who just heard that, we all know. <laughs> let's talk relaunches. We had a divorce. We had a move. We had a job that, like you know, the business wasn't you know working the way she had to relaunch, or she's relaunching that. We're yeah. talking many, many relaunches, many relaunches yeah. that are going on in your life right now. Oh yeah, yes, yes. Yes, all at once. So right now I am, I'm actually working with a company that um, really helped me out in some, some pretty dark times, not even knowing that, that that's what they were doing. Um, so when I would have my moments of, you know, I just need to kind of reboot, I would get up first thing in the morning before the sun would rise and I would grab my paddleboard and I would head out to the ocean and just paddleboard out and my cup of coffee and sit and listen to all the birds waking up, the seals coming, you know, waking up and splashing around. Oh, you're really um, good if you can have coffee on there. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'm not sure I could do that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that was, that was such a huge key piece to mm -hmm. that self-love of just getting out there and kind of reconnecting with nature and just mm. looking at everything and appreciating the beauty of it all. Um, so the paddleboard um, that I use 
uh, I am actually beginning to work with that company and, and figuring out um, figuring out my my placement with them, as well as launching um, kind of like a inspirational journey for offering that to other people, whether it be with Reiki. So I'm a Reiki healer um, with yoga, with personal workouts, with motivational, you know, coaching, um, any of that. So I'm just kind of, I I love the, the idea that the paddle board is so symbolic. And as you're sitting there, you're having your coffee, you're listening to the birds chirping, you're, you know, you're in flow. You're totally in flow out there. Yeah. Just, you know, being a part and and we talk about um, realignment in the Mm -hmm. relaunch effect is one of the steps. And I really think about that idea of realigning and I, I map it many times to the law of pure potential. Mm -hmm. And now what you're doing is in that creation mode of pure potential. I mean, there's so yeah. many things that you can do to yeah. continue to serve people and to share your story and to motivate and inspire. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, I'm trying to hone everything in and kind of revamp. I was doing, um, putting together fitness retreats, traveling that ended up getting canceled and squashed and COVID has changed everything but it's you know I look at it as like a clean slate I can basically make this however I want um you know if pure I potential enough, pure potential yeah, anything it may not look how I originally had it planned but could be even better oh my god that's so great okay well we could sit here and chit chat all day long but I have Rapid fire questions to give you. This is a crowd okay. favorite. Are you ready, Angela? <laughs> I am. All right. Okay. So, when you talk about being from New Orleans and you talk about being from the South and you are a fitness guru, what is your favorite Southern meal? Oh my gosh. Any boiled seafood. I love anything boiled. I Are you a oysters? I do. I like to cook. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So do you make yeah. the, this boiled seafood yourself or do you yeah. go out? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I can't. Since I've been here, cause I'm in Washington. So mm-hmm. there's, you know, it's not the same. Um, but yeah, I just, for Christmas, I made my first gumbo on my own. Um, cause the gumbo and a roux is, it's a, that's a thing. Like you'll get into arguments over that. Who's in fact, my family has, they've gotten arguments on who's roux is better. Um, so my first time doing it on my own, I love jambalaya and I mean, any Southern dish is. Oh, that's so good. We might have to have you give us the recipe. We might have to post that your favorite recipe that you use for jambalaya. Okay. Okay. And you also said you love oysters. What, what's your favorite oyster? any one of them that's raw. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what's funny about the oyster is that um, I had never had an oyster until my husband E came into the picture and he's my second husband. And 
he said, you know, you just got to try it. And I'm like, oh, and I did. And I actually liked it. And my kids had never tried it. And now they're fans. And so he says he's created all these beasts because now we go out and we're like, oysters. I'm I'm still... I'm still, the smaller ones are better for me. The, the big yeah. ones just, yeah. I just can't, yeah. I can't, I can't muster yet. I can't. Ugh. Yeah. The big ones are definitely, there's are more for cooking. You should cook with the big ones. The little, the medium to little ones are the ones that are, have the most. Little food. ones. Right. Oh yeah. And you put the little, like, you know, <laughs> the little sauce on them and then yeah. anyway, yum, yum. Okay. Can you tell yeah. it's like almost lunch? <laughs> <I know. laughs> All right. Okay. So what is your favorite beauty product? And why? So I'm going to go a little bit deeper because I think beauty comes from the inside out. Mm. Um, one That's of my good. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorites is um, it's the marine collagen peptides. So I put a scoop in my coffee in the morning, blend it up. I do bulletproof coffee. Yeah. Too, so that's another thing. Um, but yeah, I love the twist that you just did. I love the twist. <laughs> I haven't had that yet. This is an interesting one. I love that. that. Good. So marine good. peptide. Yeah, the marine collagen peptide. Collagen. So you're saying mm-hmm. that then that helps. Yeah. And by the way, again, your skin is gorgeous. So all right. Now you're also yeah. much younger. So I'm going to give you that too. <laughs> but... But if you guys could see her, you'd be like, I'm starting to take that stuff. <laughs> I'm yeah. all about it. <laughs> well, it's great. Right. It's great for like hair and nails and skin mm. and, you know, that collagen. It's, it's, it's a good thing. Oh, love that. All right. And yeah. now that we're going to be coming into the warmer months, mm-hmm. what is your poolside beverage? Ooh, you know, I don't really have a specific one, but I'm probably, I'm a tequila girl. So I'm probably going to go with like tequila and soda and wine. Pretty easy. Mm, so a skinny, but, like a skinny margarita yeah. type. Ooh, I yeah. love that. Salt or no yeah. salt? Oh, salt. Definitely mm. salt. I, I do it too. I'm even starting Mar- to put a little, I'm even starting to put a little um, of the spice you know, a little jalapeno that's muddled or something they call it. Oh, yeah. So so good. So good. All right. So last but not least, what does, and this is so you, I mean, you should be like (laughs) in the dictionary, it should be a picture of you, but what does a powerhouse of possibility mean to you? Gosh, it is your mindset, the powerhouse of what your mind can do and believing that you can do it. I mean, to me, that that opens up your powerhouse of possibilities is just having that mindset, being able to believe in yourself and love yourself and know that you can do it. It is possible. I mean, if anyone can scream that message from the mountaintops (laughs) and have the followers, it's you. So Angela, what fun. I mean, thank you. (laughs) being here today for sharing your story, for sharing the relaunches along the way. And we are so excited to have had you. Now, I know that you have a little surprise for the folks in that are listening right now. Can you share with us what you're doing? Yeah. So I wanted to offer all of your listeners a little slice of my heaven um, with the paddle boards. So we've come up with a 15% discount. Um, and we'll create a code, um, we'll probably call it the 
silver lining relaunch code. And I'm sure you can probably put it in your show notes there. Um, we will definitely we put it, it well. in the show yeah. notes, but you heard yeah. that 15% off. If you need a paddleboard, yeah. I love paddleboarding. I told you I do it every year in La Jolla. I love yeah. it. I've been doing it for probably like 10 years. One of my favorite things. Yeah. 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 So, and we'll, I believe we're throwing in free shipping for all the in, inflatables and all that. So, so yeah, ah, we, that's I, so I awesome. want to be able to offer that. Because it very, really very is, cool. it really is heaven out there. Ah, I love that. Well, thank you again. And so excited to keep an eye on you and to <laughs> continue to highlight you in whatever way I can. So keep me posted on your okay. next step. Okay. All right. Take care. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Silver Lined Relaunch. If I said something today that resonated with you, will you please head over to iTunes right now and leave us a five-star review and share this episode with others and help them find the silver linings as well. And don't forget, you can have immediate access to the show notes, any giveaways, and the links to those amazing beauty products at therelaunchco.com backslash podcast. Until next time, there's always a silver lining. And now is the time to hit the reset button to relaunch those transitions into transformations.